another NBA podcast. Cameron Smith, always happy to be with you all. And of course, I got my boy, my guy, Chris Kaysen, is back for another NBA season. And Chris, the excitement is already here. You know, it's October 29th. We are happy to have the NBA back. And we got a big game tonight with the Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls. But we're going to go back a little bit further uh, and talk about Derrick Rose with the knee injury, something that has been talked about and dissected for over a year now. We finally seen Derrick Rose in the preseason and all of the things that a lot of sports writers, like including yourself, has talked about with his, his body transformation, adding on the, the muscle and his explosion, uh, getting a little higher, his vertical leap, adding five inches to that. We see that it's all true now. So, yeah. uh, But let's go back to uh, last season with the Chicago Bulls. Rose sitting out, and it was a really brave decision on his part to sit out and not push himself to the limit and not really risk further injury trying to come back too soon and play for Chicago in the playoffs. And although the Bulls did make a nice run, they surprised a lot of teams with the Brooklyn Nets and also beating Miami in game one, but ultimately losing to the Heat in five games. But they really did a good job without Rose. Yeah. But now we see that Rose sitting out was the best thing for him, and I think it was the best thing for the Chicago Bulls and the city of Chicago. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you have your franchise guy and he opts, it, I mean, you have to know Derek's mentality as competitive as as he is. If he's sitting out or even choosing to sit out, then something's wrong. Right. You know, this is a guy whose whole focus was he wasn't able to take on, you know, beating the double team, which just lets you know just how explosive he is. Yeah. Like, that's in his mindset. He knows he's able... He knew he was able to get past the first defender just by going through, you know, light scrimmages towards the end of the season. But now you're talking about playing Miami, and now you got LeBron's going to be on you, and then you got to beat the second line of defense because with the way they play defense. So, I mean, you look at the way he plays and just how he's been able to come back this preseason. It was obviously the right choice. Right. I mean, you look just look how stronger he is, just how fearless he is. And then you get a question like, could that guy have come back last year and still play with that sense of abandonment? I don't think so. I mean, I think it took another summer of being able to, you know, work on his game, work on his body, get himself uh, in the right condition to go out there. Because people remember last summer, he wasn't able to work on his game. He right. was learning to walk again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I believe it was the right decision as preseason so far has shown that it definitely was the right decision. Now, as we look at Rose's numbers from the preseason, he put in 23 points a game. Uh, and you look at his blocks, man. 3.4 blocks per game in the preseason. Uh, did a really good job. and almost averaged a steal a game. Uh, shot the ball really well, especially from three-point yeah. range, over 40 over 40%. So, um, with the injury that he had with the knee, he was saying that he was doing a lot of shooting, working on his jump shot. Thibodeau even said that his jump shot looks a lot better. And it's one thing to hear it through the media, yeah. and you really don't have that much video evidence. But when you saw Rose and his attempts in the preseason, he just looks more comfortable uh, letting his shot go. He looks in rhythm. He doesn't look rushed. It's not something that he's just jacking up there. He looks really in rhythm. His shoulders are square. He has a nice balance and a nice base when he takes off with his job shot. So you can tell that he's put in the work. You've seen him put in the work uh, during the offseason and out after practice as well and building up his body. So he's a player that has really, you know, developed his game. And you think about a, a former MVP, when those guys get those accolades you're, and you're thinking, okay, well, how can they get better? Well, Derrick Rose got better over yeah. the offseason. And he's been out, yes, for a long time. But I think that this is that he's primed himself and his body and his game for, for an outbreak season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you just look at, you know, just – the shots that he did take, you know, there was never any issue where I felt uh, this 
preseason where he forced the action. You know, you look at how he paced himself the first two games. Um, you know, just getting acclimated to getting hit again. You right. know, taking the ball to the rim, driving. You know, just getting his handle back down. He paced himself, and then you saw like towards those last five games, the guy just pretty much gave a reminder to the league. I mean, just put the league on reminder. Hey, I'm back. Yeah. And you know, just the shots that he took when he took them, like it was all in the floor of the game. I mean, you know, guys really have to start closing out harder on him, you know, and stop going under these screens because he's pulling up, you know, without any hesitation. So, I mean, it's just scary to think, you know, just the way the Bulls played, um, used him like in the preseason. He was ran a lot more off the ball stuff. It wasn't just him, you know, pounding the ball and creating. It was actually, you know, I want to see what happens when Joe Joe Kim gets back because we didn't get to see Joe Kim at all but for one game this preseason, only 19 minutes. But they ran a lot of offense through Joe Kim yeah. uh, last year. And I saw some sets where Tosh would get the ball in the high post and Derek would cut back door, you know. So that, I mean, Joe's a, obviously a better passer than Tosh, but it's going to be scary just with the way they use him. I mean, if they can find Derek like some – uh, when you play him and Kirk, Derek goes to the two. If they can find some opportunities for Derek to like some catch and shoot opportunities, yeah. you know, I mean, it just makes things a lot easier, you know, than him having to go to the hole, get beat up. Even with the added muscles throughout the course of an 82 game season, you don't want him to get, you know, take too much of a pound. Right. I mean, there's a guy who went in the preseason, went to the free throw line almost 10 times uh, per game and shot a very high percentage. Well, I like what you said, how, how Derek paced himself. And I think the one game that really, uh, saw him put to put the the foot down on the gas pedal was OKC when they played against the Oklahoma mm-hmm. City Thunder in Wichita, Kansas, I believe. Uh, they both left them in, left some of the Bulls starters in. A lot of people had a little problems with that, but we were able to see Derrick Rose close out the game, and we saw him, you know, showcase that that newly found jump shot that he has with defenders going on the ball screen and him just raising up and pulling pulling up uh, for the shot off that ball screen, and it was something that was needed in my eyes because that was the second to last preseason game the Bulls finished out the preseason at home against Denver but when you get games like that when you get an opportunity to close a game and prepare yourself mentally and physically for an NBA season I think that's the best the best scenario that Derrick Rose could have have went through because he was able to to take over the game showcase his skill and really just make a make make a fool of Reggie Jackson who tried to uh, defend Derek and I saw a little pushing going back and forth with Reggie Jackson. I think that 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 made Rose mad, upset, yeah. it kinda of clicked on the light for him. So he said, Okay, this young dude is really trying to come at me, so I gotta show him who I am. And we know in the one play where Rose made Je- Reggie Jackson do a one eighty basically <laughs> on a move. So when you see things like that with Derek Rose you know that he's ready. Mentally, he's there. You didn't know what he would be like if he did come back last season in the playoffs. As you said earlier, Chris, in the podcast, that you know he, he wasn't going to be ready to face those double teams that Miami would present to him or that maybe even the Brooklyn Nets would present mm-hmm. to the Bulls in those playoff series. But you see now that he's more uh, able to, to maneuver through those double teams. And also on the pick and rolls with the big hedging out, you see Rose splitting through uh, the double teams or through that big man off the ball screen. So... I think that his game is, is is really prime for, like I said, a breakout season, and I think that you know we're going to see tonight because all eyes are going to be on on this Bulls Heat game, and we're going to talk about that a little later on in the podcast. We're going to say that uh, as always when we talk about the Chicago Bulls last in the, uh, in the in our NBA podcast. But let's go to the West Coast with the Los Angeles Lakers and Kobe Bryant, who's who suffered that Achilles injury. We saw that last yeah. season against Golden State, and a lot of people thought that. 
Kobe would be ready for opening night against the Clippers, and that's not going to happen. He doesn't even think that he's going to be back by Thanksgiving time. It may be Christmas yeah. by the time that he comes back. But uh, with Kobe Bryant, we're talking about a totally different player in terms of age and years in the NBA and games played when you compare Kobe and Derrick Rose. So it's been a kind of phenomenon since, and I blame Major and Peterson for this because everyone <laughs> thinks that these superstar athletes can have a almost career-ending injury yeah. and bounce back in six to 12 months and it just doesn't happen like that yeah. so but now we think about Kobe Bryant injured that Achilles he's been in the NBA for a very long time one of the best NBA players of all time uh, no matter what position and he's a guy that has really you know taken his time coming back and he knows that his team needs him but at the same time he wants to be Kobe Bryant he wants yeah. to be that guy that can can close out games that can put his team on his back to get wins so what are your thoughts on Kobe and the timetable that he's basically kind of giving himself to come back to the NBA season. I mean, there's such a multitude of things that's happened in that situation. Like you said, age factors into that. Kobe's 35 uh, years in the league. He's going into his 18th yeah. year. I mean, then you look at the Lakers roster. I mean, they're horrible. I mean, you're pretty much you returned, you know, Steve Nash and yeah. Paul Gasol from last year. They lose to White Howard. But now you just pretty much have a bunch of guys that, you know, were discarded by, you know, their yeah. respective teams. You have Nick Young, uh, who should be able to score for them, uh, Xavier Henry, uh, there's Chris Kamen. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting season for them just in terms of is this a rebuilding year? Then They're looking towards next year. Right. You know, Kobe's contract is coming off the books. You got Paul Gasol's contract coming off the books. So, there's a lot of stuff going on in that situation. So, the best thing Kobe can do, like depending on how many years he feels he has left in the league, is take his time coming back from this because this is one injury that's so hard to predict in terms of, right. you know, physically, you know, what you're going to come back to and Kobe's already 35 he didn't show no signs of slowing down last season right. average 27 per game but now you have this situation you know the explosion you know pushing off of that foot again learning to walk like Kobe has good footwork so even if he is slowed down I still think he can be effective I don't think you know we price him at 23 24 right. points per game when he gets back in conditioning in shape and everything because they're gonna run offense through yeah. him and uh, Paul Gasol uh, down low but it's just such an interesting situation because you have a very bad team that doesn't look like you know they're gonna be fighting for like the last two uh, spots in the playoffs. So, I mean, all of that stuff factors in, but if you were to ask Kobe, Kobe probably feels they have a chance to win a title. Yeah, this yeah. Year. <laughs> he thinks that way. Yeah. And the last person that we can that we can think of in recent memory that, that suffered an Achilles injury and was kind of around the same age range as Kobe Bryant was Chauncey Billups. So we saw him take, it took him longer than expected because we, I mean, of course, every athlete, especially NBA player, thinks that they can bounce back. Um, they think that they're invincible in terms of um, getting an injury and coming back. But we saw Chauncey Billups. It took him Billups, it took him a little time to come back and, and really, you know, perfect his skill. And he really still hasn't really gotten to that yeah. point where it's Chauncey Billups again because, I mean, you can factor in the games that he's played, his age, his, his years in the league. So it's going to take Kobe a little time. I wouldn't be surprised if he shuts it down for the entire season, but that's not going to happen. It's yeah. Kobe Bryant. He's not going to take that route. Uh, he wants to win, and he wants to win now because he understands that, hey, his, his, his days are numbered in the yeah. NBA, so he doesn't have that much time left. But it's going to be interesting to see uh, when he does come back how his minutes are going to be dished out to him, what is his role going to be within the offense because, of course, Kobe is Kobe. He wants to be the – he is the alpha dog. He wants the ball. He wants to score. He wants to put that kind of pressure on himself. But with Tony's offensive system, 
They like to get up and down and run, so will that hamper Kobe in terms of with his minutes? Kobe's a defender. He wants to guard the best. He wants to defend the best. So it's a lot of things that he's going to try and put on his plate that I want to see how the Lakers organization and Mike D'Antoni are going to kind of manage that. And mm -hmm. I don't think that they will because I think at the, in the end, Kobe has the final say-so. Although he's not the owner of the team, Kobe yeah. is the Los Angeles mm -hmm. Lakers. He is that franchise because he's been around for so many years and has gained so many respect from, from legends like Dr. Jerry Buss, who passed away, uh, Jerry West, Magic Johnson. You can go on and on mm -hmm. about the, the, the history of the Laker play or people that have worked in the front office that have gained or gotten the respect from Kobe Bryant. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Los Angeles Lakers are going to do. But as you mentioned, Chris, this is a team that, you know, has really, you know, had an overhaul with, the, with their roster. And it really kind of resembles just a little bit of that mid-2000s Lakers team where they had Chris Mim, Kwame Brown, Smith yeah. Parker. Uh, and when you think about that team, that was during the years when Kobe put up 81 against Toronto. So mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to put up 81 this season. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So it's just that roster back then reminds me of the roster of today with the Lakers. So, uh I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. If they do, it's going to be one of the final two spots. Yeah. It's just That's just the reality of a Laker fans. I'm sorry to break your hearts, but okay. <laughs> that's just, just yeah. what it is. I mean, it happens. I mean, every team goes through this period, especially when you have a, a superstar, you know, of that magnitude, when you have them in the twilight of this career. Yeah. I mean, it happens. I mean, now the Lakers... I'm pretty sure they have a plan in place. Obviously, in the offseason, you have guys like Carmelo, LeBron that can opt out. Yeah. And, you know, you can hope. I don't know if Kobe, how big Kobe is on recruiting players. You know, he's, it just doesn't seem like he's going to reach out to LeBron yeah. and say, hey, we need you over here. Maybe <laughs> Carmelo because him and Carmelo are cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know what what the next year's Lakers are going to look like at all. Well, we've all heard that the Lakers are going to re-sign Kobe, that there's no way he's going to be a free agent uh, come next offseason. So we'll see, like you said, what, what's going to happen with them. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though, because mm -hmm. this is the Lakers. You always hear their name. They're one of the NBA's greatest franchises of all time. So uh, they need that star. Definitely. Kobe's almost on his way out. So who's going to be the next guy that's going to mm -hmm. step into uh, La La Land, Hollywood mm -hmm. Nights, and, <laughs> and uh, fill that role that Kobe's going to leave? But it's, it's going to be some big shoes to fill. Definitely. But Kobe's not going yet. He's still playing. He's still active. So we're not going to talk about as, talk talk about him as if he's he's retired. But let's go to his former teammate from last season, Dwight Howard, who's made the transition from L.A. to now down to Houston, who's teamed up with James Harden, Chandler Parsons, Jeremy Lin, and also let's let's be honest, Kevin McHale, who's one of the big reasons why Dwight Howard wanted to come to Houston. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, best choice for Dwight, like you said, Kobe's going to be in L.A. for God knows how long yeah. <laughs> you know so I mean Dwight pretty much wanted a situation where he was the leader you know he was the guy people were going to looking for a direction and you know he has that he has a good opportunity a good young nucleus uh, with the Houston Rockets Pat Beverly Jeremy Land James Harden Chandler Parsons they have a very very young team that can get up and down the floor you know you got shooters to space the floor for him I mean he's going to be the focal point I believe primarily on offense I still see them uh, still want to see you know I haven't gotten a chance to really watch them at all this preseason but I still want to see when those guys get up and run like you know how effective how it can be you know at that pace because they pretty much played the same way uh, Los Angeles did last year it's very pick and roll heavy I mean uh, I'm pretty sure all he has to do is run the floor, establish deep position, yeah. get the ball, you know, make at least 65% of your free throws. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> just to be successful. But I mean, but, you know, it's the best situation for him. 
all the talks of where he's going, will he or won't he stay, you know, that's, you know, out of the equation for four more years right. for Dwight, which is, you know, not a distraction for him, his teammates. It's a good organization with him. You have, you want to Hakeem Olajuwon, you got him now right. on a full-time basis. So now all Dwight has to do is just go out there and, you know, prove prove himself. Now, they have a big spot, bullseye on, on their backs because when you think about Howard and what he brings, uh, you think about James Harden and how he's had a, had a rise uh, within his career since joining the Houston Rockets and you know the pressure that has been put on also by Kevin Durant by saying hey Dwayne Wade you're not one of the top 10 players we're going to put James Harden in there mm -hmm. instead of you so I mean you think about those two guys and the impact that they can have not only on the Western Conference but also the NBA you're talking about two guys that can really score the basketball mm -hmm. um, in a variety of ways and you have that outside inside outside threat that Houston presents and the number of shooters that they have on their team and I think one of the things that <clears throat> a lot of people aren't talking about is defensively for the Rockets. They have a really solid defensive defensive team when you think about Howard, Omir Ashik, just with the size, the, the girth that those two have, and also some of the on-ball defenders that they have, and Patrick Beverly, who, you know, yeah. saw what he did with, to Drew Holiday in the yeah. preseason. He's a really guy, a guy that, that really hounds the ball and can really disrupt a lot of offenses, but that team can be, you know, really good defensively. And James Harden is a capable, capable defender. We've seen him have run-ins run with Kobe and the Lakers during the uh, postseason, the previous few seasons that they met, they matched up uh, against each other. But Houston could provide something that you know a lot of people wouldn't, a lot of teams wouldn't expect from them, and that's you know very solid defense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we just Dwight alone changes right. you know the entire complexity even though they had you know very good defensive center in Omir Ashik last season I want to see what they do with him because I know he's not happy right. there at all I mean guy worked his butt off got into a good situation got mm -hmm. paid you know put up 10 points I believe 11 a little bit under 11 rebounds uh, last season close to two blocks per game so a very very good I mean, he's a starting center yeah. in this league, and to work his butt off, get his opportunity last season, and now to have Dwight come there this season, and now you're talking about maybe, you know, playing some situations where Omir's at the four, that's not going to work right. out at all. It's interesting to think about in context, but it's just not the spacing issues and everything going on there. But defensively, I mean, even, you know, when you look at Howard, just if he gets in foul trouble, you know, Sheik uh, is right there. So they really don't lose nothing in terms of rim protection right. and you know surprisingly Amir Sheik was very good and like you know sliding over on pick and rolls um, last year so that defensively as far as rim protection they're very very solid mm -hmm. I mean I don't know where they fall at um, in the west in terms of seeding I believe they could be as good as number three but I also believe they could be you know as bad as number six mm -hmm. you know, depending on injuries where Howard sat and everything with his shoulder his back but you know it's going to be a very interesting team to watch a fun team to watch also well Kevin McHale has a lot of weapons that he can utilize on the team so ultimately I think it's going to come down to him and how he's able to use his roster and his players on both ends of the floor so we talked about offensively with the Rockets and we also talked about defensively Chris sees them finishing somewhere between three and six I see the same I see the same thing they will make the playoffs mm -hmm. it just depends on where they will be seated and what matchup they're going to get in that first and second around to see how far they can go. Exactly. But now we're talking about playoffs and let's switch over to the Eastern Conference.
conference, and it's been a you know a big facelift with the East in yeah. terms of the movement that is going on. When you think about the Brooklyn Nets, the Cleveland Cavaliers have made some moves as well. The Detroit Pistons, who could sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, I wasn't a believer at first, but now looking at the roster, depending on how things go, yeah, where Brandon Jennings' head is at, where Rodney Stuckey's head is at, mm-hmm. if they're going to keep Rodney Stuckey because yeah. they have a very crowded backcourt. When you think about Stuckey, Jennings, Will Bynum, and also Peyton Seaver, the young rookie yeah, from Louisville, even Billups, huh? right? Yeah. Even Billups is back as well. So the old veteran is there to try and guide guide this team. Um, but it, it's interesting to see where the play, pieces may fall, not one through five for the Eastern Conference, because I think we have those teams set. But when you think about six through eight, that's where the dilemma comes in, and which, which teams are going to show up. Could Cleveland be in there? Could Detroit be in there? Toronto, a lot of people haven't talked about them, and their roster is pretty good. They have yeah. a really good team. Um, you could sneak in uh, another team like like people were saying Washington might be in there. You don't know because of the backcourt of John Wall and Bradley Beal if those two can stay healthy. More particular, more specifically, John Wall who just signed that huge contract, yeah. so he has a lot of pressure on his shoulders to produce for this Washington Wizards team. So let's say let's go one through five, Chris, and with these teams on on even though it's five teams, they can switch places throughout. You can go Miami 1, Chicago 2, Indiana 3. You can go Chicago 1, Miami 2, Indiana 3. You can go Miami or Chicago 1, Indiana 2 or 3. So, I mean, those three could switch places depending on how uh, their season goes and then you you have to factor in, factor in injuries as you have to do with, with any professional sport uh, because it really can change the outlook or the, the, the future of your team for that season. But we have... I'm going to go through uh, what I think will be the Eastern Conference playoffs. Uh, and it'll be Miami 1, Chicago 2, Indiana 3, the Brooklyn Nets, who picked up Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. The old Celtics are back with them now. They also picked up Jason Terry from that team. Yeah. So that's a team that you know has a really strong core when you think about their starting five and also bench when they have a lot of guys coming off the bench that can produce for them. I'm going to put them at number, the number four spot. I'll go New York 5. Because I, the Knicks, they have a lot of hype every year. We all yeah. know this. But I'm not sure on, on how that team will be able to gel together with J.R. Smith with the knee injury that he had last season. They really, you know, uh, had him produce a poor playoff performance. Yeah. Just shooting the basketball. Amari Stoudemire, is he going to be healthy? What is he going to look like? Is Carmelo going to be able to, you know, carry this team another season on his back? And he's going to be going into free agency next yeah. summer. So it's a lot of a lot of uh, dilemmas or, or, or holes with this New York team that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you look at just the last, like you said, the last three seats in the East, it can go either or. I can mm-hmm. see the situation where Atlanta could sneak into the playoffs. Uh, Toronto, maybe I just look at the dynamics of the situation as far as, you know, you got Rudy Gay, I believe, is on the last year of his right. contract. You know, he's going to try put up his numbers obviously you know to get another payday you got DeMar DeRozan who likes to score then you got the uh, uh, center Valachunas I mean he should demand the ball but I just think they have too much um, scoring on the wing for him to be able to be effective like he showed uh, in the summer league. Washington is pretty interesting now because you know they're built to get into the playoffs now right. with a trade that uh, has Marcin Gortat now they're starting to center. Bradley Beal looks Amazing in preseason. Yeah. So I mean, you know, shooting a three well. I mean, this guy looks like a completely different player from last year. Um, you know, I could just see a lot of to Cleveland. 
Getting there also, depending on how healthy Andrew Bynum is. They got a lot of uh, depth in front mm-hmm. court, depending on if they can stay healthy. You still got Virgil there, who was on his way to all-star season yeah. uh, last year before getting uh, injured. You got the number one pick, Andre Bennett. I believe he'll provide scoring off the bench You know when he gets fully healthy. Right. Um, you got Tristan Thompson there. You, of course, Kyrie Irving. Deion Waiters. I mean, this is a very they picked up Jared Jack as well. Yeah, exactly. Season, so. so I mean, a very you know talented team that can you know put up points on you. So, but I believe, like you said, the number one seat, you got to put Miami at number one right now, just being defending champ. The thing that I'm interested in, like with those three teams, as far as Chicago, Miami, and Indiana, when they get towards like the last twelve, ten games of the season, and there's like you know, they're close in the standings. What do those coaches do? Do you push for home court advantage throughout the playoffs? Or just with, you know, the injuries and factoring that in with Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, Joaquin Noah, Lou Alden, Kirk Heinrich, and then you go to Indiana, Danny Granger. You know, do you start to rest guys at that point? Because, you know, you want to be playing with an edge going into the playoffs. But now looking at the history of everything that's happened in the last couple of years, do you sit these guys out and try to get them fresh for the playoffs? Because I don't believe Derrick Rose will be playing uh, the second night of most back-to-backs right. this season. Same thing with Denny Granger and his knee injury. He's already going to miss about a week to start the season with a left uh, calf injury, and this is still working its way back from a left knee uh, surgery. Um, Then you look at Miami with Dwayne Wade. You saw he was very limited uh, last postseason, Mm -hmm. you know, so I believe all of this stuff is going to be an interesting dynamic when it gets towards, you know, late in the season because Especially for the Bulls, you got, you know, Joaquin, Noah, Kirk, Derek, you got, you want those guys fresh for the playoffs. And the last couple of years, that's what's limited them of, you know, not being healthy going into the playoffs or not being, you know, close to full strength. I mean, that's been one of the big detractors as far as them being able to live out those uh, championship aspirations. So I just want to see how that factors in. Of course, number four, I got to go Brooklyn also, you know, just with, um, the core there, I want to see as far as what they do towards the end of the year because right. you got a lot of older guys, so you're going to have to rest those guys. Rookie head coach and Jason Kidd. Uh, fifth, I, you know, I, don't, I still kind of believe that's a little bit high for New York just because, you know, Carmelo coming out and talking about free agency, of course, that's his decision and is right, but you don't want that hovering over a team now. Right. The entire season. Exactly, right. and you're talking about, you know, possibly trying to you know, try and win a title just with a, a very, you know, ill-fitted roster because, you know, I believe Amon should have a uh, Amon Shumpert, should have a big year. Uh, J.R. Smith, you don't know what he's uh, going to be as far as, you know, how he'll take going back to that six-man role because right. I believe Amon will win out the starting uh, two-guard role. Then you got Andrea Bargnani, uh, Amari Stoudemire, you got... I want to know who's playing behind Tyson Chandler, right. you know. So it's it's so much. It's, it's a lot of question marks with New York, and they're still a very their volume shooting team. Right. You know, they need to get up and down. They need to, they're going to shoot a lot of three pointers, and I believe that's how they're going to beat you know a lot of teams. But when you get to the postseason, it's a different game. I have no doubt in my mind that Carmelo will be spectacular, but 
as far as everything else, I believe Amon will give them a nice boost. J.R. Smith will be, you know, like he usually is, mm-hmm. come off the bench, provide, you know, that kind of scoring. But, you know, like the question marks, Amari is going to be limited, right. you know, as far as his minutes, what he's able to give. I just don't know what New York's going to do this season. You know, I could see them being as good as fifth and being as bad as like seven. So we'll see how it works out. And just don't know what the Knicks, man. Yeah. It happens every year. Yeah. It's been going on for a long time. So this is nothing new, Knicks fans, if you if you understand what we're talking about. So uh, with those six through eight teams, you can talk about Cleveland, you can talk about Detroit, uh, Washington, or Toronto. Those four teams really can vie for that for those uh, three spots that are going to be left in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see how things go. But I think the biggest thing that if we've uh, really realize and that is factor into a lot of team success is injuries. So yeah. injuries really play a huge part into where a team finishes and how they do in the playoffs. So we'll see how that happens in the Eastern Conference this season. Now let's move to the Western Conference and kind of similar to the East in terms of when you think of one through five and those teams being in those spots. It just depends on how their season is going to fall and what te- and what spots are they- they're going to fall in. But you, when you think one through five, of course Memphis is going to be in there. Oklahoma City, San Antonio is going to be in there. The Clippers will be in there. You have to think about that team. And also, as we talked about the Houston Rockets, they will be in one of those top five teams, one of those top five teams in the Western Conference. Now we just got to figure out who's going to be that clear-cut number one, who's going to be uh, the, fifth, the, the fifth team. Mm-hmm. And then six through eight, like the Eastern Conference, you can put four teams that can try and fit in those those three spots. When you think about Golden State, you think about Denver. Portland could sneak in there. Uh, you think about another team in uh, – in Minnesota, who's going to be healthy this year with Kevin Love coming back and Ricky Rubio being healthy and being a little more stronger now and being ready to play the NBA game because he's had some time over here to get familiar with the game, go against the competition. Now he knows what he can do against uh, opponents on a night in and night out basis. But if you have to go with a clear cut number one, that's going to be tough. That's yeah, going to be really I mean, tough. It's, like, it's not easy. You it can, is. You can go with the Clippers. You can go with the Spurs, who always seem always to show up can, yeah. at the end of the year and, and put in that position. Oklahoma City depends on what Russell Westbrook is going to be like when he comes back. He had to go in and have another knee surgery on that same knee that it was injured in uh, last year's playoffs against the Houston Rockets. So we don't know what he's going to provide when he comes back. So you just don't know what that team is going to be like. When 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 the when when it's all said and done for, for the regular season. Yeah, I mean, right now, like I said, I I would have to say the clear cut uh, number one would be the Los Angeles Clippers. Just you know, there's added depth on yeah. there. You got a brilliant coach in Doc Rivers. I don't think he gets uh, enough credit, you know, just for how good of a coach he is. But I think they they're going to be the clear cut number one, you know, in the West. You know, I still believe. I'm just looking at you know Oklahoma City, and while you do have like. A little bit of depth now. You you know you lost James Harden. You lost Kevin Martin to the Timberwolves. Uh, you know you got Jeremy uh, Jeremy Lamb now right. filling in for that spot. Uh, Kevin Martin. You got Perry Jones. So they do have some talent on their roster. They always do. Reggie Jackson will be getting a lot of minutes for Westbrook. Yeah. I'm interested to see what he does with that. But then you know I look up. You know Kendrick Perkins really doesn't give him anything besides you know a physical presence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the five, and they're pretty much playing 
four on five, you know, on offense. I mean, Kevin Durant's going to have to do so much for that team for like the first month and a half, you know, of the season as far as scoring, distributing, you know, everything for them. So, you know, I want to see how he does with that. But then you look at, I believe New Orleans is going to make the playoffs just because I believe Anthony. That's interesting. That's interesting. I believe, I mean, a very reloaded roster. You got Drew Holiday down there now. Eric Mm -hmm. Gordon looked healthy during the preseason. You got Tyreek Evans coming off the bench. You know, Ryan Anderson is your starting five. He's a floor spacer. I mean, Anthony Davis looked good in uh, the USA scrimmage as far as, like, being able to score and knocking down. Um, you know, 18, 15 to 18 foot jumper has a lot of movement. Just talking to, uh, you know, Marcus Teague of the Chicago Bulls, he's like, and Anthony can do so much stuff really that the league hasn't seen yet. Right. Like it looks like that leash is going to be taken uh, off of him somewhat this year, and it's going to be scary because you're talking about a six foot eleven guy, long arms, right. adding on bulk. I mean, can push the ball in transition, can shoot now. I mean, might even be able to be a stretch four and be able to right. shoot the corner three. So, I mean, a very scary team when you factor in Anthony Davis ceiling. You know, I don't know what that is, but they they're, they're going to be a very difficult team. Uh, in the West, Golden State now with Andre Iguodala, yeah. uh, the new big addition there. You push Harrison Barnes to the bench, but you know he's still an athlete coming off the right. bench. Can shoot the three. I mean Andrew Bogut if he's healthy and just signed a new contract. Exactly. Too, so. so I mean they're they're going to be very difficult. And then you got. Uh, Steph Curry, yeah. you know, possibly, I mean, arguably, if not the best shooter in the league, I think hands down. I right think it's now. clear cut, man. Yeah, <laughs> no argument. I mean, Ray Allen is still alive, so you know, that's it's, true. It's hard that's to take true. him out of there. I mean, but you know, Steph is just a monster out there on the three point. Now you have a situation where Iguodala be handling the ball yeah. some, get him some off the ball opportunities. You got Clay Thompson, who's very dangerous and capable scorer. But like you said, San Antonio's always gonna be in the mix. Minnesota now with Kevin Martin in the rotation, Ricky Rubio back, you know, fully, you know, after working his way back from ACL surgery the year before last. Uh, Houston's going to be in there, but, you know, I, I don't know how the seeding works with that. And at least in the East, you can say, you know, we got our top three or four down. In the right. West, you don't know how that can play because I still just say the Clippers right now just with Chris Paul having gotten a new contract and just you know they have consistency you know with their core as far as to start the season and then having Doc now they're having a preseason to go through stuff with them you have Depp now with Darren Collison backing up uh, Chris Paul and even playing some in the backcourt with him Blake Griffin DeAndre Jordan you know they have that consistency the Spurs have that also but you know the way with Pop does and Pop yeah. just wants those guys Guys healthy, you know, going into the playoffs, but they could still end up in the top three seeds and still be dangerous. Memphis will be there just because of defense alone. I always say their big, you know, um, weakness is outside shooting. Yeah. So that always they can play, you know, great defense. But you know, you saw what San Antonio did to them yeah. in the Western Conference Finals. They was able to limit Zach Randolph and all that stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the West because I believe, you know, it. Anybody could come out, right. come out of the West. I still say the Clippers are the favorite, just because of Doc, Chris Paul, and the consistency they had as far as just reloading and still having, you know, their core intact. But we'll see. All right, man. So it's, I mean, it, with all that said, with the Western Conference and also the Eastern Conference, we are really prime 
for a great NBA season because we have players coming back from injuries. Kobe Bryant's injured, something we haven't seen never in his career in terms of the longevity that he's had and with injuries. He hasn't had a serious injury for his entire career, but we're going to see what he's going to look like when he comes back. Derrick Rose opening night against Miami tonight on the road. We saw what he looked, what he's looked like in preseason, some player movement throughout the NBA, players going to different teams, players uh, uh, building up super teams, if you want to say, in terms of the Brooklyn Nets and rookie head coach Jason Kidd. So it's going to be a great NBA season, but it all starts tonight, opening night, Miami, Chicago, the first NBA regular season game, and I went to sleep last night thinking today was Christmas because <laughs> I could barely go to sleep. I was so excited about tonight's game, and if you go on Instagram, if you go on Twitter, everyone's talking about the game. We're in Chicago, Chris, so we know we got a lot of people that in Chicago that we're following, and they're putting up posts about tonight's game. And of course, this is a true rivalry. We've heard LeBron say in the media yesterday that, hey, we don't like them, they don't like us. So it's not one of those things where you're going to see both players hugging each other mm-hmm. before the jump opening tip, as we've seen so many times in the new in today's NBA, players showing a lot of love before the opening tip. I don't think we're going to see a lot of that tonight. It's going to be a very physical game. Both teams understand that so what are your thoughts on this Bulls heat game tonight I'm going to get my thoughts but I just want you to go because I need to kind of pace myself right now because I'm so hyped so I'm going to let Chris go and give his thoughts on the game I mean I'm surprised nobody's talking Lakers Clippers tonight or Indiana uh, Orlando I I want to see Victor Aladipo very good in the summer league and preseason but no just seriously getting back to tonight's game I mean there's going to be you know, so much media hype around yeah. it just because, you know, the Miami Heat are getting their rings tonight. You know, Derrick Rose is returning. You know, this is pretty, this could be a preview of the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, everybody's trying to knock Miami off the throne right now. So all of that stuff factors into this. But I believe just for the Bulls, their mindset is, you know, this is, you know, the first game, you know, mm-hmm. the first step. I mean, and Miami's coached the same way, you right. know, take all the media hype and the speculation out mm-hmm. and, you know, this is just basketball. This is the first step right. in a long journey. So, you know, I do believe you'll see, you know, Derek continue in that same pace he had, you know, towards the last five games mm-hmm. of the preseason. I believe you'll see him being tested some by LeBron James covering him. But, you know, it's going to be a very good game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's an ugly game mm-hmm. just because of all the emotions that will be there at first. The guys just being too amped up <laughs> and not being able to the settle thirst, down. The yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's going to be one. It could be one of those ugly, gritty yeah. games. I wouldn't be surprised at that. But there's going to be so much excitement just to have you know NBA basketball back and with all like you said with everything that's happened this season even in the off season you know it's just good to be back you know as far as NBA basketball yeah. like Derrick Rose being back is obviously the big biggest storyline even kind of over you know the heat receiving that ring right. so you know it's going to be an exciting night. Well, those opening nights are always kind of hard to predict because you have a one team, uh, which is always the, the NBA champion from last season, being presented with their rings, and they have the ceremony. And a team like Miami, those high-profile cities like a Miami or a Los Angeles go into elaborate uh, ceremonies with their rings. And we know Miami is going to do it up. We know that they're going to be having the, the, the – uh, 
the jersey outlined in gold mm -hmm. tonight when they play against the Bulls. So it can go either way. It can go Miami blowing out the Bulls tonight, or it can go Chicago blowing out exactly. Miami. Or it can be just like you said, an ugly game because all both players, all players from both teams, are so amped up, so thirsty to play against each other because we know that there's an established rivalry between these teams. We know that both teams don't like each other. Like on a personal level, each player has some kind of personal history with their opponent tonight in tonight's game. We think about Derrick Rose and Mario Chalmers, Joe Kim Noah, and LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Kirk Henry. Those yeah. two are going against each other. So there's a lot of uh, personal rivalries going on inside both teams. But we don't know what it's going to look like. I think with Chicago coming in with a mentality that, hey, this is a team that has put us out the playoffs uh, the previous two seasons, a team that we've seen celebrate uh, on our home court, a team that we've seen celebrate NBA championships, and a team that really ultimately has what we want, and that's that NBA championship, the Larry O'Brien trophy. So uh, Chicago is going to come in with a me against the world attitude. Shouts out to Tupac. <laughs> but um, they're, they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder saying, hey, we want to prove to the NBA and also this Miami team that we're back. We got our boy Derrick Rose back. He's healthy. You guys saw how he looked in preseason. So that's going to make us an even more dangerous team. Joakim Noah, who we haven't really seen that much in preseason because of the couple of injuries that he suffered with the, with the foot, the plantar fasciitis coming back from that and also the groin injury uh, coming back from that and that's really hampered him but you know he's excited about playing against Definitely. Miami. <clears throat> I was at his basketball camp this past weekend enjoy the game in Deerfield yeah. not too far from the Bertle Center and Jim Rose of ABC7 asked him are, is he going to play if it's up to him is he going to play a Monday night against I mean I'm sorry Tuesday night against the Miami Heat and he said 100% he says there's no way he's going to miss this game so this is something that he's been looking forward to for a long time it's almost like uh, you, you're getting your, your, your big brother back Yeah, you know your big brother's back with you you're going up against a neighborhood bully someone that's really been you know making fun of you teasing you yeah. uh, and really throwing things in your face so uh, we're going to see what, what it's going to be like tonight I just expect a very physical physical basketball game. I think both teams are really going to, you know, set the tone early in terms of the physicality. But one of the things that a lot of people haven't talked about is the officiating. How are they going to officiate this game? Because we could see something early as Noah getting in foul trouble. Blues are getting Yeah, I mean, even the new rules, the new yeah, point of exactly. emphasis. I mean, you saw that during the preseason. You know, you can't touch the ball uh, via the team that scores you can't touch the ball as it comes right. out of the net and so many players are used to you know say if it's fast break you know and you you're trailing the player just made a layup you're so used to grabbing that ball and just landing yeah. down or tossing it to the refs yeah. that was a, a big uh a point of emphasis that the league has made this year it's even on free throws like you know opposing players should say a free throw you know teammate can't touch the ball yeah yeah it's a Serge Ibaka. Game. I think yeah, so, yeah. Serge well, Ibaka. i call it the carlos Blues the free throw shot Carlos Blues has to come rub the ball yeah, you yeah. know get a feel for it but let's just call know. it the Carlos Ibaka rule there yeah, we right. go yeah <laughs> I mean but yeah all of that stuff the officiating with a game of this magnitude right. it's the first game that, that does play a part in it but you know at the end the game comes down to a live last five minutes especially with these two teams so it's going to be a lot of excitement a lot of physical, a lot of physicality. I mean, but it's going to be good to have NBA basketball back. All right. So in a few hours, a few hours, Miami and Chicago will start off the 2013-2014 NBA season once again. Christopher Case and Cameron Smith is back for another year. 
to provide more updates. We will prop. We promise you, we will give you more podcasts because we know we have a really good fan base, and we thank you guys <laughs> for being loyal to us for these amount of years that we've been doing this thing. So we thank you for your support and love. Uh, as always, you can follow Chris on Twitter at C4Dunk. You can follow me on Twitter at Cameron Smith. Follow us, send us questions. Let's talk about this game tonight. We will be on Twitter discussing everything. So make sure that you are following us so so we can watch the game together. It's like everybody's going to be in one big living room watching exactly. the game. I mean, that's, uh, stay up late for the Clippers Lakers game. Come on, yeah. I know somebody want to see the Lakers play. Or Indiana Orlando. Indiana Orlando. You know, I'm interested to see Victor Oladipo. I mean, Orlando has a good young team. I mean, they're going to be bad, but they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> that was kind of a slick comment. They're going to be bad, but they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, they're going to be pretty good. They're going to play hard. All right, basketball fans, we'll talk to you later.